Hey, we're just about to jump into the episode, but before we do, did you know we have a junior-friendly Discord community? It's completely free to join. If you want to join us, the link is in the description. We'd love to have you. All right, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another podcast where we help aspiring developers get jobs and junior developers grow. Today, I have with me Ben. Welcome, Ben. Hi, thank you for having me. Super excited to be here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've actually been looking forward to this for a while because, like I said, a lot of people want full stack reviews. Full stack is really popular. It's good content on my end, um, but uh, I think kind of just like I've gotten to know you. You know, you've you've helped out with a meetup mm -hmm. for a long time, um, and you've been tremendously helpful with that. You are a very good mentor. Now you're a teacher at Full Stack, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm um, helping teach the. Um, I'm, the night program at Fullstack. We we're currently experimenting with the Flex Immersive in Chicago, which is uh, two nights a week and one week in a month, as opposed to four nights during the week or four five days during the week. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, that that is. Um, I was actually um, I was actually curious how that was going to go for you. I wish they would have came out with a Flex program earlier because a lot of people were asking for it, but. Uh, yeah, today we're gonna go over kind of just your review of how full stack went, and uh, mm -hmm. I gotta I gotta ask you, you know I really gotta push this. Can you give an unbiased opinion with full stack, even though you're working there? <laughs> I can I can do my best. I'm, I have a very high opinion of a place in general, so. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. I know. <laughs> I, I yeah. figured it's gonna be overwhelmingly positive, so. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's kind of just dive in. Um, so you went to full stack. Uh, you went through mm -hmm. the full stack uh, or the full time program, right? Yes. And yeah, the software engineering immersive. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, 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 that's correct. Because they now have like cybersecurity or something like that. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we got to. Yeah. Cool. All right. So full stack JavaScript. Uh, how long ago was that? Uh, that would have been in um, about three years ago, I want to say. No, two okay. years ago, maybe. Two, years and some. Yeah. two to three years ago. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. uh, so 2017, yeah. 2017, all right. Yeah, me, end, uh, of... end of 2017? Yes, yeah, so end of 2017. So that would have been about three years ago, almost. All right, uh, sounds good. What was the application process like? Like how, how strict was it? If you kind of just want to walk us through it. Yeah, the application process for full stack is a little, a little um, intense. So what you do is first off, you submit an application to the website and they'll send you a coding challenge that you'll take on your own. So it's an hour long coding challenge where you'll sit down at the computer and you'll go through like four to six questions over the course of an hour um, of increasing difficulty trying to display, hey, this is what I know in terms of programming. And what they're looking for there isn't so much, can you answer all of these questions 100% perfectly using JavaScript or your language of choice? It's more, hey, is this person thinking like a developer? Is this person sort of have that mindset and have that processing where they can put together how to go from point A to whatever point the solution would be and you know, yeah. have a reasonable solution? Um, so that would be the first part of it. Then after that, you're hopefully invited to a one-on-one -on -one interview with either a teaching fellow or a teacher at full stack where they'll sit down with you. They'll get to know you a bit and then you'll roll into a sort of 
um, whiteboarding type interview where they'll give you an interface and a question and you can pair a program with the interviewer to um, give them an idea of how you think when you're on your feet um, and how you work with other people. Okay, and then after that one-on-one interview, they make a decision afterwards and send you an email. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, in some uh, stretch scenarios where, you know, maybe Wi-Fi would be weird or maybe they didn't have enough time to sort of get to know you as a person completely, you'll be invited to a second part of an interview. But for most cases, you'll get your decision um, right then and there or after that interview, whatever. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now I'm starting to remember that. Uh, so what, yeah. I mean, what was your experience like overall with the uh, interview process? Yeah, I was, I was really impressed by the interview process because I had interviewed with a couple other boot camps before and full stack felt like they had the most rigorous process to sort of vet their candidates about whether or not they wanted to get in. Um, I felt really challenged by the interview process in terms of every step of the way I was, you know, grinding my head against the grindstone <laughs> where I, I felt challenged during the process where I felt like I was trying to earn my way into something as opposed to just filling out an application and getting right into the door. Um, and I found that really attractive because I wanted to be around a lot of people who were really committed to, you know, their journey into full stack development. I didn't want to just take this huge risk and put aside all this money to, just walk into some, you know, regular web dev course where I graduate with just being regular web. I, I wanted to sort of have something to work towards. Um, and I felt like they really gave me that. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There are a lot of boot camps that kind of just, uh, I mean, they're 100% in it for the money and like they'll accept anyone yeah. and just try to make it work. Uh, and that, that creates a really weird dynamic between a lot of the participants a lot of the students where uh like you said it can, it can be a really frustrating experience when you get into a boot camp and you are at a much higher level than you know a good chunk of your classmates um or the other way around where you're struggling to even keep up with the curriculum um and that that's one thing i noticed when i went through my interview i was very proud of how difficult it was i was actually like on my seat waiting for that email thinking I was going to get rejected. Like that's how good the interview process was. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad I did finally get accepted, but I, I was really proud of how strict they were. That gave me confidence that it would be a good program. Um, now I'm going to ask you a tough question. Yeah. So yeah, it, maybe you can help clarify. Uh, I graduated full stack Academy, um, I don't know why I asked you for your timeline because I can't even remember mine. It, it was probably like three, <laughs> three years ago, maybe four, maybe less. I, I don't even remember. But mm. back then, uh, the interview process was very uh, is very strict. And over the past year, I've heard uh, that at least like the Chicago campus has become a lot more lenient on the interview process, or has changed the interview process in a way that has made it less strict. Is that the case? Have you gotten a hint of that at all? Um, as far as I know, the questions themselves are the same. I think part of that might be that we've sort of gotten more honed over time in terms of what we're looking for and being able to detect, hey, this person might not have the best grasp of JavaScript itself, but 
they think like a programmer. They know how to put together these questions and get from how to get from start to finish with a um, with a programming problem or some programming issue in general. So I think a big part of that is just you know the processes have been refined over time, and um, a lot of times we're better at sort of ramping people up to the point where they're on par with everyone else when coming into the campus. Okay. All right, that makes sense. I mean, programs are going to revise their interview process um, as they learn, like, what they're capable of yeah. with, with ramping students up. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. All right, I was just curious. Yeah, yeah uh, I will say that I still notice that the, there are people who, you know, make it in and are people who get rejected. And from having worked with a bunch of people on the pre-parts the pre parts of the process where um, I, I taught a lot of the bootcamp prep sessions and, you know, the classes that people would normally take in Chicago before going to full stack itself. And um, you definitely see that process weed out candidates. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Good. Uh, I feel like, yeah, full stack Academy has such a high reputation. Um, I personally want to see that reputation stay, you know, really, uh, just, just for you guys to have a very positive reputation and for that to be consistent for years to come. Uh, so I, I do, I, I just like kind of poking questions like that and seeing how things are going. So, uh, yeah, no, of course. What about the uh, curriculum? What do you think about kind of just what you learned and um, how that curriculum was delivered when you were a student at Full Stack? Yeah, the curriculum is really cool. Um, one thing that sort of changed since I went through is uh, when I went through, the curriculum was a lot more, uh, we had a lot longer lectures in terms of we'd have, you know, three hours of lectures and then we'd have a whole workshop and then it would sort of be this big back and forth where a large chunk of your day was spent um, watching a lecture and a large chunk of your day was then spent working in a workshop. Uh, that was one of the things that we've sort of changed over time where now oh. instead of having a much longer lecture portion, we have shorter lectures where, you know, you'll have maybe a 30 minute lecture introducing you to a topic. Then you'll have a short 30 minute lab where you can sit down, play around with what you just learned and sort of figure out what questions you have about the topic at hand. Um, then after that, there's it'll sort of lead, lead into a longer uh, workshop or a longer lecture. Um, so with that, what I'm trying to say is we've changed our curriculum so that it's a lot more hands-on. So that way people can sort of figure out where they personally need help as developers and we can help patch those things up along the way. It's a lot more interactive, than these, which is really fun. Okay, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, those full stack days were very long days. I, I think yes, I would ever. <laughs> love to have that. Uh, that's really cool. That's really cool. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. another challenging question for you. Um, yeah, of course. Just to emphasize, full stack academy is really emphasized on the JavaScript stack and teaching JavaScript. Um, and yeah. I, I think it's extremely strong with doing that. So. With that said, you know, that, that's the intentions behind the program. When I went through Full Stack Academy, um, the CSS and it, like the parts that would teach CSS were very lacking and that had to be supplemented. It had to be. There were so many people that if you didn't, um, if you didn't really know CSS coming into it, you could still pick up on the workshops. You could still participate and dive into it, yeah. but they were very shallow lectures and, and, activities to help you teach CSS and then you jumped right back into JavaScript. Um, 
do you feel like was that your experience or did you have a very different experience when you went through full stack yeah we tend to focus a lot more on javascript than css throughout the program in general um, just because it tends to be a lot more cumulative in that sense so um, in terms of front-end libraries we tend to or we tend to try to push people towards front-end libraries so they can focus more heavily on javascript and a lot less on hey i'm just sort of playing around with my website, tweaking this um, variable from red to blue to make sure it works. Um, and they're a lot more focused on learning sort of programmatic side of things. Um, you know, that, that kind of makes sense. But, I, f I feel like learning yeah. JavaScript is well worth the amount that you're going to pay for full stack. If I was going to learn, like if half of it was CSS, uh, which it could be, there's a mm -hmm. lot to learn with CSS. But if half of it was yes. CSS, I don't know if I would value it at the same. I do feel like yeah, I do feel like it's a it's a different beast, but uh, generally it's a little bit easier for people to pick up CSS. Yeah, plus I feel like there's a couple different levels of understanding with CSS. There's one level where you know you you know enough to work with it, and you know enough to sort of integrate into your app and read it, and then there's a whole other level where you actually can create optimal CSS and can create these you know, unique animations within CSS. So you can make use of some of its more niche functions that um, aren't normally seen. So it's one of those things that you could ever talk about for an hour or you could talk about for 10 days and still have some new day away from it. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I, I, I think my experience was that it, it was a very, uh, very focused on the software engineering part of yeah. JavaScript, uh, a little bit more focus, a little bit more backend heavy, where you still learn React. You still learn how to build yeah. the front end. Uh, but it, yeah, I, I think kind of what I'm getting from you is it was focused on learning uh, programming. It was learning uh, a programming language where CSS would kind of just be a, not a substitute, but it, it would, it would kind of just like patch things up. But um, where am I going with this? I, I think... I think CSS is something that you might have to supplement a little bit if you want a very heavy front-end focused position. Um, and I, I think that's really the message to get out of it. Uh, I, think, I think JavaScript is, is really strong at the program. I 100% agree with you with that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I kind of just want your opinion about it because I've always had this opinion with, oh, it's, it's lacking CSS, but I never really questioned why. Um, but it's an incredibly strong JavaScript program, so. Yeah, yeah, I know that um, early on in the days of full stack, they used to teach Ruby alongside JavaScript and um, eventually they moved away um, purely into JavaScript because of the idea that they'd rather have people learning one language really well as opposed to switching context between yeah. two different languages. Since JavaScript sort of powerful on both the front end and the back end, that was something they were able to do. Um, so I'd imagine the philosophy is very much the same with CSS, where we want you to know enough where you can understand it and enough where we can take you into the field and you can make notable changes to any um, CSS setup and know what's happening. But we'd much rather have you focus on JavaScript because ultimately that's going to play a lot stronger of a part in your career as a developer. And hopefully if you can pick up JavaScript with, you know, and any amount of fluency, CSS is a lot easier to pick up for you.
Um, but yeah. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of front-end roles, uh, they really test JavaScript a lot heavier than CSS. I think you're going to have a few roles that are, I mean, there are all sorts of front-end positions. Sometimes you won't even use JavaScript in your front-end positions, but the, yeah. I do think Full Stack Academy prepares you for a much higher paid position, um, and that's usually going to lean on JavaScript if you're going to go into the front-end. So I, I completely get yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree that, um, you know, going out of it, there were points where I wish I knew more CSS or had a more intimate relationship with, with it. But ultimately, I was very comfortable with JavaScript and mm -hmm. I got a lot out of that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it teaches yeah. you what you need to know to, to get a strong position, which is important. Yeah, um, I, I definitely I definitely agree with that. So, okay, I just want your perspective on it. That's pretty cool. I think really yeah, my message... Good question, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, I, I think my message is uh, supplement with CSS. Uh, if you're going to be going mm -hmm. into a position that is front end, that's going to require some CSS and styling um, or a heavy amount of it, like supplement it with, supplement it like during maybe your your capstone projects. If you want to focus on yeah. um, being the person that, that does do a lot of the CSS and style, like that's who I was. And I was able to spend... I, I did have to spend extra time, but I spent extra time uh, during my train rides just, you know, really polishing the app as much as I, I possibly yeah. could. I think that was a really fun task. So, um, okay, cool. Let's uh, let's move yeah. on. You, you no, actually I... mentioned. Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I was going to say that that's a really valuable insight because it, ultimately, it a lot of it plays into sort of what kind of developer you want to become. If you're yeah. very focused on front end, or you like you really care about becoming a really great front end developer, CSS is something you want to dive heavily into because you know there's very rarely going to be a point in your career where you're not going to use that to some extent. Um, but if you're more interested in back end stuff, you can sort of use that same amount of time to jump more into you know GraphQL or any other sort of library you feel like would more benefit you. Um, but yeah, you know that that's a really good point. Um, just to to continue that. I mean, you you can be a different type of front end developer. You can you can be your own type. If I think there, I had positions where I barely touched CSS, and it, it was nothing but JavaScript. I think my last two positions it was mainly JavaScript. Where my first one was a lot of CSS. So, um, I I think that's a really encouraging message. Whatever you enjoy, kind of pursue that and and put more emphasis into that. Specialize into that. Um, I, I think that's gonna make you much more hireable for the type of position that you you yeah. care about. And that, that's the thing, like a lot of people don't even realize, like they just saying front end developer, back end developer, and they just go with those labels. You have to learn these technologies to become a front end developer. And like, there's so many different avenues that you can go down. You just pursue what you enjoy and that type of position, if it's a CSS heavy position, uh, they're gonna, you know, your resume is gonna be pop up a little bit higher than a lot of other people's uh, if like you really like if they do a lot of uh, they mess with a lot of SVGs and animations uh, and they they're doing tons of animations with CSS uh, maybe they do like uh, I don't know but if if that's what your capstone yeah. projects are focused on during full stack um, maybe maybe that's what they should be focused on during full stack uh, if that's the type of position that you want uh, so that that actually yeah. is a good segue into kind of like the second part of the curriculum because we mentioned mm -hmm. uh the projects that we're going to be working on what what does that look like now because when i 
when I went through it, we had three projects. Um, two were with teammates, and you had one that was solo. Yes. What's the second half of the curriculum look like right now? I'm just curious. Yeah, it's it's very similar, I'd imagine, to when you went through. So we have um, three parts of our curriculum. First off, we have our what we call the gray shopper application, where you work with a couple of our developers to create this e-commerce website from the ground up. Um, so we'll give you, you know, a prompt and you'll go through the whole process of uh, planning out how you're going to structure your database, wireframing your application and delivering on all of those different um, acceptance criteria that we've laid out for you. Um, outside of that, or following that, rather, we have the Stackathon project, which is a very self-motivated project where um, you ever work alone trying to pursue some grand idea or some grand project that you sort of have envisioned in your mind where, um, say, I want to look into studying Firebase, or I want to have some time set aside to look into how to work with GraphQL, that'd sort of be your little mini project where you can put together a little case study and tackle that. Um, then following that, we have Capstem, which is a much larger version of that, where you'll work with three other developers planning out some idea or some really abstract, really cool project and um, sort of just delivering on it, going as far as you can with it. A lot of times that ends up being sort of a really impressive project that you yeah. want to try and carry with you throughout your career because it's um, a lot of people really aim high with that. And it's really cool because a lot of people end up delivering. If you can, um, one of the reasons why I originally went to full stack was because, you know, I went on their website and I found those videos of the capstone, people's capstone uh, presentations. And I went, if I could get to a point where I can create something like that within three months, I feel like I'll be proud of myself as a developer. I feel like I will have gotten what I put or gotten what I would have paid for, what I paid for. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. I think um, I, I didn't find those projects initially. I wish I would have. It would have been... Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I don't think I needed any more convincing to go to Full Stack Academy once I uh, had read the reviews and done a little bit of research. But uh, a lot of those projects are really impressive. I like the idea that you mentioned if you aim high, you're going to achieve a lot higher. You're probably going to hit it. Yeah. So um, we had a lot of ambitious projects on our end. And, you know, the interesting thing about it was when you build a project like that, I think my capstone project that was the showcase project like you said it, it was the project yeah. i was most proud of but if you do aim high um yeah you do i mean you're you're gonna create bugs honestly you're a new developer yeah. uh but the presentation of it is important and um i think i anyone that's considering full stack academy and when you come up to, to your capstone project because that is going to be a showcase project that employers are going to notice that's that's probably going to be one of the projects that gets you that first position. Um, just make it presentable. Like there was kind of a, a cool uh, motivation or goal that our instructors push on us. Like, yeah, you're going to have bugs, but uh, the more important part is, uh, is how the person viewing your project perceives it. So presentation mm -hmm. is probably a lot more important than fixing some minor bug that you know like is is a hit or miss like sometimes you're going to get the bugs sometimes you're not uh our instructors really told us to focus on the presentation like fix major bugs but focus on the presentation and then you could talk about the bugs like what you would do to fix it because that's the tricky thing is you only have like 
a very short amount of time to like rush this project in. Um, but, but I, I do think, um, if you do aim high, um, I, I think all the projects that I've seen they're they're really beautiful projects. That's one thing I'm very proud of with Bullsack Academy is like when you see that final project, it looks very different than other boot camps. It looks very different. It's much more complicated. Usually it's more polished. Uh, you know, and I, I've noticed that even though it's a very JavaScript heavy program, it's usually more polished with styling. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm and not... I think that's um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think that's super useful because I mean, like you were talking about earlier, it's really important that you have some projects that you're really interested in, projects that you know you're excited to talk about, and Capstone can very much be that project for you, where you're not just sticking with the pre the prescribed stack that full stack has given to you. You're reaching, you're branching out and yeah. figuring out what, what technologies you need to put together in order to create uh, the application you're aiming for. So yeah. Yeah. being able to create something like that gives you a really strong relationship with the application that shows during the interview process. Cause when you're able to talk about something with a lot of passion and be like, Hey, I, had to explore this weird API in order to make this app do exactly what it did. That that uh, comes off to other developers and other um, hiring managers where they can see your excitement for developing in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you, you really have to have that mm -hmm. excitement and passion to like push through some of the very, mm -hmm. uh, I don't have the right word for it, but just uh, the hard parts of becoming a developer. Uh, the lack of motivation, yeah. uh, you, you do, you have to have excitement just in general for it. Uh, so there was one last thing that I remember we would do data structures and algorithm problems like early morning, right? When we got to the program, we would do that. We'd kind of like switch off, uh, between yeah. our partner where one day, uh, my partner is writing down the, or they're telling me the problem that I need to solve. And then I'm writing down the solution on a whiteboard and I'm actually writing it down to the whiteboard. And then the next day we switch and I'm the interviewer and I give them a new problem and they write down the solution and we kind of just, uh, then we'll rotate partners. Does full stack Academy still do that? Yes. Yeah. So those are, um, that's our whiteboarding interview prep reacto where, um, we have you switch off with a partner, one person interviewing you and one person actually writing the problem to sort of prepare you for those whiteboarding interviews you're eventually gonna see once you start applying for jobs. Uh, those are really nice because they get you comfortable, you know, not being in front of a keyboard while coding out whatever it is you're trying to code out, or it gets you comfortable in a whiteboarding-like environment where you just mm -hmm. yeah. don't have the editor or Google available to you. You sort of have to reason through a problem on your own and it, really gets you used to um, also learning to vocalize your ideas when writing code. Because one thing you have to do is if you have another student looking over your shoulder watching you, you really have to communicate to them saying, hey, this is the idea I want to do, or this is the path I want to go down, which is very useful in many different ways throughout your career. Yeah, it, it can be a little bit difficult describing what you're even trying to build or trying to learn in general. Yeah. And I, I do think that's a skill to build up. I, I agree with that. Uh, okay, so yeah. end, of the, uh, end of the curriculum questions after this one. If you, if you had the ability to change one thing in the curriculum, what would you change? Yeah, if I had the ability to change one thing in the curriculum, what would I change? Um, 
Mind if I come back to that one? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Because <laughs> okay. there's a random question. Cool. I didn't tell you I was going to ask it. Yeah. But I, I'm Snips very out. curious. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm very yeah. curious of your opinion with that. So so if you would uh, think about mm-hmm. that. Uh, what about yeah, the... Uh, so what about the instructors? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, so we're, we're kind of like divided right now. We're going back and forth between your experience and you as a teacher right now. Um, so I want to try to distinguish this as best as possible. But... I almost kind of want to lean on your experience now. We might as well, because the full stack has changed a bit. Uh, they've mm. hired new instructors. Um, I actually, I think I want to go backwards because I want to be careful okay. about you making, uh, giving feedback about any of the instructors right now. When you went through full stack Academy back then, what, what were your instructors like? Uh, what did you like about them? What did you wish they did better? Yeah. Yeah, so back when I went through the program originally, um, I had three instructors, uh, Colin Miller, who is still over right now, incredibly smart, incredibly, or they're all incredibly smart and talented. Um, but I had Colin Miller, um, Connie Lee, and Ben Wilhelm as my three instructors. Oh, you had Connie, and, that's right. Yeah, I had Connie. Um, and they were, they were all incredibly supportive and just... So... In terms of answering, sorry, I had no, a new train okay. of thought. <laughs> that, yeah. That's okay. So what uh, what did you uh, like about the instructors? So you mentioned they were really intelligent. They're very smart. Um, mm-hmm. What uh, It's a, kind of a weird question to ask, but, or we, weird question to answer. What was the teaching style like? I, maybe they had different teaching styles, okay. yeah. but um, yeah, really kind of just talk about your experience with, with how effective they were at like you understanding what they were trying to teach. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So with the instructors, um, one thing that I noticed was that they were very open about you're very able to drive your own curriculum in terms of, Hey, if you have some question in the middle of class and it's going to cause us to go down some weird rabbit holey tangent, that's something they're very open to doing. We'll open up an editor. It'll show you exactly what it is, or it'll show you how the application is working behind the scenes, and you'll be able to get a get a very in depth view of whatever it is they're trying to teach. Um, so, for example, if you're sitting there learning React, it's not just only going to be a bunch of slides showing you React. They'll actually go through the process of coding out a React application in front of you, so you can see, you know, what the workflow of it is like, what errors you might commonly come across while creating the application. And also you can ask questions while you're going along. You can say, hey, this makes a lot of sense to me, but I don't know exactly what this, what the, uh, what render is doing. So can you walk me through what that's like? And can you show me some weird edge cases that expose some of the either vulnerabilities or weirdnesses of it, or just show how to take advantage of some of its more useful properties? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, they did a lot of live coding um, when I went mm-hmm. through it as well. I, I really, really enjoyed that, just kind of starting from scratch and, and showing the process of what an actual developer would do to kind of get this up and running. I think that was very was very helpful, uh, and it gave me confidence yeah. in the material that I was learning as well. And one thing you mentioned, like, yeah. I really like, because my instructors did this as well. Connie would do this. Uh, I think Nick was the other instructor, but if you had a question, they would go on this weird tangent. If they, especially if it brought value and uh, kind of taught how to get around this weird edge case that 
um, they thought other people would benefit from, like they would do it. And that was a really, yeah. it, it just made me feel like I was never left behind. And it gave me more confidence that I actually could ask a question and not be completely ignored and felt very welcome asking that question. Like I wasn't interrupting the class. I think my instructors personally did a really good job with that. Yeah, of course. And I think that's ultimately the main reason to go to a live coding bootcamp as opposed to just, you know, self-studying online is that you have people there who have ever been in the industry who have a lot of experience using the applications you're trying to create. So you might as well take as much advantage of their experience as you can. They're there for you to ask those questions and to answer all of those weird problems that you'd otherwise spend an hour Googling and maybe might get an answer to. Um, so it's it's very useful to be able to have that interaction, to be able to draw directly upon their what they know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so what about uh, one thing you wish they would have done better? Um, yeah, one thing I wish they would have done better. Um I'll have to process that. <laughs> okay. You're, you're Sorry. very, no, 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 you're okay. You're mm -hmm. generally, you're a very kind person. I almost think that your mind doesn't like, it doesn't really focus on the negatives at all about anyone. That's one thing I know that yeah. I mean, that's why I uh, <laughs> wanted you to stay as a mentor and, and help out a bunch of people is uh, so that that's okay. If you don't have answers right away, that's okay. But yeah, do, do think about it because I, I feel like the reason why I ask these questions, um, I don't think mm -hmm. this review provides a lot of value when they hear 100% good things because no program has 100% good things that it comes off as a sales pitch. And so yes. yeah. that's why like sometimes I'll force my mind to, so I can give this really uh, like whole picture uh, review of something. So they, like I found that when I do have a lot of the constructive criticism to also give about full stack, that people trust me more. Because I'm being 100% open and honest. It's not all sugar-coated. It's, uh, um, it, it's not all about presentation and making Full Stack Academy look good. So that's why I, I'm just telling you, that's why I personally have adapted the mindset of challenging everything. Because I found that okay. a lot of people do, do trust me with that. So um, uh, yeah, that's why I ask these questions. So it's, it's definitely not to like you know, make yeah. Full Stack look bad. But uh, yeah. No, yeah, I, I definitely get it. It's one of those things too where... Um, a lot of these questions are things that I've answered during like bootcamp prep sessions where someone just raises their hand. I'm like, okay, I know that one. Um, uh, and this is one of the ones that is a little rarer. So it's, it takes a second to, you know, reprocess. That makes me feel good. It's <laughs> a unique question. Well, All right. yeah, we'll definitely come back to it though, because I feel like it's, it's also one of those things where as I, as I talk more, it's going to click, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It makes complete um, sense. Um, okay, cool. So what yeah. was, uh, how much time did you really invest into it? Because you went through the full time program, but the, the question really is like, how much time did you really invest into growing as a developer during full stack Academy? Yeah. One thing that they do really well is that they make the campus itself feel a lot like home. What I mean by that is, um, I'd spend a lot of time, you know, just hanging out on campus afterwards, either working on personal projects or just sort of, you know, messing around, just being in that environment. Um, and sorry, I forgot the question. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> you might have okay. started that one over. 
yeah, so basically, um, what was the, uh, how much time did you really invest into it? You mentioned that like you would stay yeah. afterwards and kind of work on your personal project a little bit. Uh, if you had to give like a, yeah. maybe a better way to ask this is like, how many hours did you spend per week? If you had to give an estimate in the full stack Academy material. And also if you were working on like a personal project to solidify what you were learning. Yeah, I would, I would say I definitely spent, um, you know, 40 hours on week actually within the program itself. Cause you're there uh, from nine to five every day uh, from Monday to Friday. But I also spent about, you know, two or three hours afterwards, I were just hanging out on campus, working on personal projects or just Googling things I might've been interested in to um, actually diving into the code and um, reworking on workshops from class or just sort of diving further into what I'd learned. Um, so there, there is a very heavy time investment for it. It's not the kind of thing that, you know, you can sort of jump into and just sort of do on the side unless you're within the part-time program where the content's parsed out so that that's something you're able to do. Um, it's very much a full-time investment. And the thing about Pulsec is you sort of get what you put into it. If you just show up every day and you're only sort of half listening, you're not going to be able to take advantage of your time on campus. Um, because the amount of time you spend between first entering the boot camp and getting to a point where you're applying for your first job is, is very short. So you want to make sure that you can you know, pack as much as you can into that so that once you do get to the end of the bootcamp, you don't have to do a lot of self-studying or a lot of self-preparing or as much self-preparing as you would have to otherwise because, you know, you, it's, it is a short program. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, mm -hmm. I think most people that do get positions very quickly at a full stack academy are, are those that put extra time into it. Um, whether they yeah. work on a personal project or they're just trying to read material again. Um, I, I think, I think most people will benefit from supplementation like that. And it's very difficult. It's, it's a very intensive program. It's stressful. I mean, sometimes you get like weird issues where I wouldn't say they're uncommon. I think they're common, but sometimes you don't get along with like a member in your group and that can take an emotional toll yeah. and that, that happens, right? We're all people. Um, but I do think overall putting extra time outside of the program has really benefited a lot of people coming out of the program, uh, to get a number, uh, would you say, uh, 10 to 15 hours extra after the 40 hour normal work week? Cause you said two yeah. to three hours each day. I'd, I'd say that's probably fairly accurate. Of course, it sort of changes as you go through the program. Like for instance, during junior phase where it's more academic, you're spending more time sort of learning something specific and then going and applying it directly. A lot of that time I sort of just, you know, went home afterward to decompress and maybe do a bit of the pre-reading that they had assigned because, um, you know, I'd, I'd already got what I set out to do. But yeah. once you get more into the senior phase where it's more project-based, you now have this mountain of tickets that you have to get through and you want to uh you have to get through before a certain date a certain deadline so it's right. a lot easier to sort of sit down and just get immersed into what you're writing yeah yeah no i, yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense And when i remember it correctly i was spending more time in the beginning of the program the first half just trying to solidify mm -hmm. those concepts yeah that's that's how i remember it too uh so when you actually graduated 
how well do you feel like you're actually prepared for a real developer position? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt like I was I was very prepared for a developer position. You know, like anyone else, I I felt like there were some holes in my understanding that I had to patch up in order to target myself at certain jobs. But I felt like I was very ready to go out and interview with people. Um, there was, of course, that ramp up of like a couple of interviews where you're still trying to get used to the process itself of, yeah. hey, this is what it's like to code in front of people. Hey, this is what the interview yeah. process itself looks like and what questions you're going to be asked. But um, after, you know, going over that hump or reaching the end of that hump, I felt super prepared. Um, of course, I had a unique experience where I stayed on as a teaching fellow after my time there myself. So I had sort of some extra time to sort of catch up and solidify a lot of those concepts. Um, but I felt I, like I felt like it did a good job giving me the content I needed and um, making sure I had access to everything I needed in order to jump into that market. Yeah, yeah, that I completely forgot you were a teaching fellow. Um, yeah. I should know that because I only brought in like teaching fellows pretty much for the meetup. Uh, <laughs> I I think that was like the, it was almost like the golden ticket that our whole group mm. pitched because it, you basically just went through the program again. You know, as a teaching fellow, you, you had to really understand the program and you had to teach it, which is definitely going to solidify the concepts uh, more deeply. And um, I, yeah, if you, if you were going through full stack Academy and you are, um, I don't think you need to be exceptional. I think you just need to pick up on the content. And if you don't understand it, supplement, like spend a little extra time and really understand the content. Cause I know full stack Academy likes to bring in fellows from like, uh, potentially like once you graduate from a previous cohort, you'll start with a new cohort as a fellow. But I know, I, I know fellows are very well off. They're very well off. They get jobs very quickly. Like within a couple months, usually I hear most fellows will get that developer position. Um, but I, you know, yeah. my, my own message is, um, you still are, you, you're going to have a very in, I would say in depth and a very expansive knowledge of JavaScript. Um, my experience was, uh, compared to other candidates that came out of other boot camps with JavaScript, Full Stack Academy prepared me more. I felt more prepared. And I saw that when I would see them work on different challenges. Um, and I've seen that throughout the meetup. Different coding boot camps uh, will produce uh, like a certain level compared to Full Stack Academy. Um, and I found that you have to, with other coding boot camps around Full Stack Academy, you have to try a lot harder to kind of be on that level. But you'll still find people that have put those extra hours in understanding it. But I think like where I'm getting at with this tangent, if you don't become a fellow, you know, you don't get chosen or you don't want to become a fellow, I think you have a very, uh, you have a good set of knowledge with JavaScript to be able to reinforce now. You just graduate uh, now, like build projects, build projects that utilize basically what you learned. Because um, I, I feel like Full Stack Academy gives such a good foundation, but again, it still is a crammed boot camp full of an enormous amount of information. You'll never probably have to learn something. Uh, well, when you get into developer position, the ramp up is going to be, you know, it's going to be pretty intense as well. Um, but yeah, I. Where am I? See, now I'm going off on a tangent. Yeah, but I, 
Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I feel like uh, the best piece of advice I got while going through the interview process itself was a lot of times what companies are looking for in a junior developer isn't the person who can uh, recite every single method in JavaScript from, from the back of their heads. It's the person who the company can take and eventually mold into being the perfect senior developer who can mold into being the developer that they're looking for. Since, you know, if you're going for a junior position, they know you're not going to know everything. You're still in the process of learning and you're still in the process of picking things up. Um, so I think the thing to keep in mind is, you know, fellowship definitely gives you a good boost in that sense because it says, hey, this person has some extra bit of experience working with people and is probably going to be a very good developer to bring in. They, You have that extra little, like you said, golden ticket to um, boost your resume. But even without that, as long as you can get your foot in the door and as long as you can get in touch with people who can sit down with you and learn who you are as a person and how you work as a developer, I think you're at a very good point once you graduate full stack to make your way into that position. Yeah, whether you become a developer or a, a fellow or not, I, I think full stack academy sets you up really well. Um, I think you said yeah. that really, really well. Uh, I do talk to a lot of people coming out of full stack academy with imposter syndrome. I do want to emphasize that's that's a thing that almost anyone experiences. Just because you feel like you don't know enough to become a developer, I like sometimes it just helps to hear it from graduates uh you you 100 do whether you become a fellow or not you have the foundation um you are surprising with full stack academy i trust me i've compared a lot of different boot camp graduates when i I look at their work and full stack academy Mm -hmm. is as far as javascript goes it's one of the top boot camps uh with pushing out developers that are very comfortable with javascript and can get a javascript position after they graduate uh yeah 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 yeah, i think i think imposter syndrome is definitely something that at least set in very heavily for me because even after graduating the boot camp, you're sitting there like, I just took this huge risk and went to this to this big program and oh, yeah. now I'm just sending out all these emails, all these resumes and only hearing back from like one or two of them. Right. Um, so it can be very like disheartening because you're sitting there trying to figure out, was this time I invested worth it or do I have the experience to get this position? And I think um, full sec does a very good job of preparing you for that and getting you to a spot where you're ready to apply. Even if you don't get every single person knocking on your door trying to hire you right away, I think you still have a lot of valid experience that's eventually going to be noticed. Yes, yeah. yeah. I I think that was really uh, well said. What, so when you were applying, what was the job assistance like? Like the, the career assistance? Mm-hmm. Um, what was your experience with that? Do you feel like it was enough? Yeah. Um, so I be- from what I understand, the job experience is also very, um, you know, you get out of it what you put into it. As long as you're sitting there and, you know, constantly communicating with the um, the, the career success people designated on the full stack campus, chances are you're probably going to find a lot of opportunities for them and you're going to be very in tune with the community. I know that even after I graduated, um, I've gotten emails from the career success people at Fullstack being like, hey, we're, we're trying to find a mid-level developer for so-and-so company, and we feel like you'd be a good fit for it. Is this something you're interested in? Um, I feel like there was, the assistance was there, you know? It was very useful. It was, it 
helped me out a lot in my career. Personally, I got my job through the um, hiring day at Fullstack, where at the uh, end of your curriculum, they bring in a bunch of companies that are specifically looking for developers and maybe have hired people from Fullstack in the past and really like them. Um, what ended up happening was I made a connection with someone uh, I had met there, and eventually they got me an interview that led to my uh, position. Um, so I feel like if you can take advantage of it, the career success program at FullSec is very useful. Um, but you know, then again, if you never reply to your emails or if it's the kind of thing where you're just sort of going off doing your own thing as opposed to staying in touch with them, it can be a, a little bit harder to pitch. Okay. But yeah, um, I, I personally really enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I think I shared the same experience with you. And I, I think you emphasized something really important. It's really good if you participate in it. And I think a lot of people yeah. don't take it seriously or they think they can handle the job process on their own, which they can. But, you know, like there's parts of uh, like you actually, it's like a mini curriculum afterwards of like, what do you do to get a job? And, you know, a really important thing that's emphasized is you know, continue that communication with career success. Um, whether it's like once a week, uh, I think like once a week we were encouraged to reach out and just talk about how it's going. Uh, I think, do you guys still use Asana to record all of the job postings? So career success has an mm -hmm. idea of like how you're doing with the job process and like how many rejections you're getting. Is that still a thing? Yeah. Yeah. So they uh, still do that to help track each student and sort of help you either figure out what connections Fullstack's network might have within the company itself so they can they can help give you as much of a boost as they can or they can help point you in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm remembering that correctly. And they do they still do mm -hmm. the resume reviews where they'll kind of just revise your resume and potentially yeah. even help with the cover letter? Or, and Yeah, so once you get to the senior portion of your of your education, they do a lot of career success workshops where, okay. you know, one day will be spent going through LinkedIn profiles and being like, hey, this is how you could improve yours. This is something you should mention on your profile to help ever represent you as a person here. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you don't have these projects represented in your profile that you ever I should have. Yeah. Um, so they help, they, in other words, they help you prepare both your resume, your LinkedIn profile, and anything else you might need for the job search. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I think... I think that's one thing that I really appreciated with Full Stack Academy. Their career success program was strong. I did have mm -hmm. a bad uh, career success person at first, and I did get transferred. But I, I since then, I think they've hired almost all new staff with that. Um, mm -hmm. But then, you know, that can happen at any company. But overall, it was a really good experience for me as long as I communicated, as long as I participated. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think in addition to that. A really important part of not just full stack itself, but any bootcamp is the class you graduate with, the community you inherently have, because yeah. they're all experiencing the same thing. One of the hardest parts of experiencing imposter syndrome is sitting there thinking, is this just a me thing? Am I the one who, you know, didn't learn enough or isn't who didn't keep up? And being able to see that there's all these other people who are going through the same experience, who are going through those same interviews, who you can collaborate with and just you know, just mm -hmm. offload whatever you need to offload onto. Um, it's it's really nice having that built-in support group. Yeah, yeah. We kind of kept in touch, and we would always be excited whenever we had an interview, like we had a little Slack channel. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I, 
we had a smaller class. I think it was like it ended up being like eight people, but we still kind of touch base and and would talk about it like in Slack and really encourage each other. I I almost forgot about that little community because it's a shame I haven't reached <laughs> out to them in a long time. It's been years, you know. Everyone just got jobs and we kind of moved on. But yeah, there are a lot of classes like that those. don't. Like I've I've heard like a lot mm-hmm. of full stack cohorts. Like sometimes you'll get groups that still stay in touch for years. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely changes depending on who you went through the program with and, you know, what your relationship with them was like. But yeah. there's people I've graduated with who I consider incredibly close friends that I still keep in touch with and, you know, talk to every now and then. And there's other people who I haven't really had a chance to think about in a while, but it's as it goes. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool, though. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, before I forget, how long did it take you to get a job after your fellowship? Yeah, I'm going to say it took me about three months and some, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Um, yeah, th- that's pretty good. Yeah. Because don't they estimate, like, I don't remember the percentages, but, like, in Chicago, I don't know if they upped it to a year, but, like, two years ago it was, like, six months, like, 70% of people would have a position by then. Or Do, do you happen to yeah. know those stats? Yeah, I... I don't know off the top of my head. I know the SERS report is online, but okay. what it outlines is 90 days and 180 days. So how many people got jobs three months afterwards and how many people got jobs nine months afterwards? Um, if what? I'm remembering correctly, I know that a large majority of the people who stayed in touch with their career counselors afterwards um, ended up finding positions in yeah. development roles. I think that's the crucial thing is like staying in touch because um, yeah. they're, they're also, they also do a really good job of giving you that feedback of maybe the direction you're going or like even just the number of companies you're applying to, who you're applying to, or like whether you're including a cover letter, like if you're communicating all of that, they do a good job of correcting that and saying, you know, like this is probably a better way you're going to, uh, you know, increase the number of interviews you get if you, you do this. I, I think they give really good feedback um with yeah. that but like you said you have to stay in touch if you don't and you kind of just go off on your own um i think that kind of creates the the story of i spent all this money at a boot camp and i have nothing to show for it and i i find that people that usually say that even in lower quality boot camps they kind of like lost touch like usually a lot of boot camps have that support and they they kind of just mm-hmm. didn't do everything that they should have been doing and they lost momentum and they kind of gave up on it uh, but I, yeah. I never, I, I think full stack Academy, uh, as long as you stay in touch, you, you have a very, very strong chance of getting that position. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I feel like there's this big element of sort of whiplash that you can get after graduating from any bootcamp where, um, previously you spent all day, every day writing code and in code, trying to work on some project. And suddenly once you graduated, that's not something you have to do anymore. You have the option of just sort of sitting there and passively applying to jobs, or you could, yeah. you know, keep up with that momentum and keep working at things and trying to code as much as you can and stay involved in that interview process as much as you can. And I think yeah. being able to sort of mitigate that in any way that you can and to, like you said, be able to keep up with that momentum is incredibly important for your post bootcamp job search because it's. Because, yeah, you want to put in as much as you can because once you get that job, then you can relax a little bit more since you have 
a predefined path again. But in between graduating from bootcamp and finding that first position, you have to take advantage of whatever self-motivation you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like that you emphasize relax once you finally get the position because it, a lot of people will take long breaks after full sec academy and it usually yes. hurts that momentum. Um, I think a little break is healthy, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, I, would, I wouldn't go past. I mean, I don't know. My instructor said no more than a week. I say no more than half of a week. Mm-hmm. Take a few days because um, I think a week is a long time to, to kill your schedule. Because now you you have, like you said, that momentum is extremely helpful with getting it. And it's very easy to lose momentum, Um, which is what you you have. When you come out of Full Stack Academy, you have strong habits. You like you could really replicate uh, you could really replicate like the second half of what you were doing. You know, practice data structures and algorithms a little bit, continue working on projects. um, And then you you kind of have to add you know, applying to positions, but you could, you could really replicate it. You have a strong schedule, you have strong habits, you have momentum. Um, you have, you still have that energy from full stack Academy. Like you have everything you need. Um, I would really encourage anyone that graduates to keep that up. Like, I know it's going to be tough. Yeah. If you need a few days to just chill out, that's fine. But, um, I wouldn't go up to a week of a break. I would, I would continue with that momentum because that's going to get you that position a lot faster. It's going to get you through. Um, yeah, that's no, my I definitely, personal recommendation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, of course, take some time to yourself because you just did something incredibly impressive. You graduated and you learned how to code. You became a developer. Take that time to yourself to sort of decompress, celebrate, and get ready for that next phase, which is the job search. Um, there's you know a lot of things you can do yourself for yourself to to help create that sort of schedule there. Like personally, I stayed in touch with some people that I've graduated with and. Anytime we had an interview in the area, we'd either meet up at a coffee shop and prepare beforehand, or we tried oh, to cool. stay in touch and spend as much time as we could sort of keeping each other beholden to that job search and to that interview process. Um, and that having that community again to take advantage of was super useful. Yeah. So being able to create something like that is, is a good boon if it's something you can um, sort of figure out. I like that. I like that you leaned on your cohort a little bit and kind of used mm-hmm. that to to help you get that position um yeah yeah because again like you're all going through the same experience you might as well yeah be resources to each other as much as you can yeah yeah i mean technically you guys are kind of competing for positions but there there are a surplus (laughs) of positions it's like you you really can't have that um that limiting mindset it's like everyone's like everyone that's trying is going to get that position you will get that position so uh, having the mentality of just like boosting other people in your cohort, they're going to do the same for you. And ultimately you're yeah. going to get that position faster if you work together versus like have that competitive mindset. Yeah. Plus ultimately you want to, you want to think about it where every, every person who gets a new position is now in addition to your network. Once they land a job somewhere, that's, that's something you can ever take advantage of later in your career. If that's someone who is now in contact with other established developers that can maybe help you out. So yeah, um, you're right. You're sort of competing in a sense for similar jobs, but there's enough jobs out there that, you know, you'll all find it eventually if you stick to it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to put it. So I think that's good for like all the specific questions I have. I kind of want to get like, what was your overall experience? Um, like after we kind of talked about this, it gave you some time to think about uh, a lot of the specific components of the program. Like, you know, how was your experience? Can you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed my experience at Fullstack. Um, coming going into Fullstack, I had previously done you know a bit of a bunch of graphic design where I'd done design work and I'd studied a bit of design at college and. Um, after going into a CS program and spending about a year there learning the ins and outs of it and seeing what it was like, I decided what works for me or what works for me in terms of learning is being in a more project-based environment. Um, having come from art, I really grew used to creating things and then getting feedback on what I created so I can go back to the drawing board and learn how to improve it or learn what elements of it made it work the way it did. Mm-hmm. And that is something I wasn't able to get out of a a normal CS college program because it's much more academic. It's much more, hey, here's this odd data structure. Let's take a couple weeks to learn this. We'll give you a test on it, and then we'll just move on to the next thing. Yeah, um, and yeah. I felt like I wasn't getting as high a concentration of projects as I did at Fullstack, where every single day you're hands-on programming something out, and you know at the end of the session you're actually creating projects from scratch, you're learning how to develop a web application from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And that was something that really clicked for me. Um, so I feel like I was very lucky to find the bootcamp itself because it, it played into a lot of things that I really enjoyed. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's interesting. I didn't even actually realize you came... You didn't come from a CS background, but you, you gave it a try and you realized that really wasn't for you. And then that's when you decided a boot camp was for you, right? Yeah, it was something where I knew I enjoyed programming because what led me into um, wanting to study CS was I got really into creating generative artwork oh, where I would okay. write code and it would it would transfer into my uh, the things I'd create for my art classes. Um, and then eventually I decided, hey, I'm spending all of this time writing this code because I really enjoy solving these weird problems where um, I have these different logic questions asked to me and I'm getting this really cool output on the screen. Um, So from there, I realized I really like coding and coding is sort of the creative outlet I've been looking for. Um, So I walked into that and um, yeah, carried that forward. Interesting. Okay. All right. Um, Okay. So do you... Did you have time to kind of think about the uh, the constructive questions? Yeah. Um, so the two questions were, what could the teachers have done better? And if it and... if it helps, I can give a quick my experience with my constructive. Uh, yeah. If that'll kind mean? of help. Yeah, yeah. I can absolutely do that. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, it kind of sprouts some things. But when I went in, I, I loved the application process. I loved it that it was strict. I think the reason why I challenged whether it was still strict was because I, I was proud of Full Stack Academy because it only let in uh, people that were at a certain level. And I, I think that makes a high quality boot camp. Um, so that's why I was a little concerned about it. So I'm glad you clarified that. But when I got into the program, I had a really weird scenario where I, I was taking the train in. So it was two and a half hours each way. I think it, it was like somewhere between four to five hours a day to uh, just traveling. And so I tried to supplement like on the train, I would just learn as much as I could, but it was very intense for me. And then I was in a situation where the train went, uh, uh, it got stuck, middle of winter, I was stuck for like four hours on the train. And um, like, full, like it was the first week and I couldn't even make it to class. And I, I started talking to the director, like, it, should I quit? 
you know, and I, I really want to continue forward with it. Um, but I felt like Full Stack Academy was willing to work with me. They realized I was having a really bad week. And um, it's kind of what got me to, instead of getting my refund and just giving up on that, it like they were very supportive with me continuing. Uh, and then like after the first week, everything, you know, returned back to normal. The train didn't get stuck in the middle of winter and lose power and all of that. Um, so I feel, I felt like they had the mindset that they wanted me there, which is really good. Um, so I, I felt supported in that way. And then as far as the curriculum goes, I, I loved how they, uh, would kind of give, um, I loved how they would give the lectures and be open to questions and going off on little tangents. Uh, what I found frustrating was sometimes it was just a dynamic between the two instructors, but they would just like, uh, like Connie would just correct the uh, Nick in the middle of the program over like minor stuff that didn't matter. Um, and I felt like it kind of like got us off track a bit um, where uh, I, I think the lecture was really good, but uh, we got off track a little bit too often. It would extend the lectures, then we'd be rushed with the workshop. We wouldn't have enough time. There were a few experiences like that. And that, I was, I think it was the second cohort with Chicago. So that, you know, it's probably come a long way since then. Uh, yeah. But I felt like, um, you know, there was definitely a big difference in knowledge with my two instructors. And I feel like having a single instructor that, uh, you know, really can guide the other instructors is extremely important. Um, like you said, there are a lot of intelligent instructors. Like everyone, all the instructors were intelligent. They could do their position, but um, I think it's important. And they kind of got the hang of it of like who should teach what lessons, depending on like what they know. I think that's really important. So, you know, there was, uh, there was a difference in knowledge, but um, I think my feedback is, Full Stack Academy needed to work on the delivery of the material because there were, there were points where they changed the curriculum like last minute and then the instructors have to like scramble and pick it up all of a sudden. And that like the instructors were smart enough to be able to do that. That's what impressed me the most about them. They picked up the material and if we had a question, they'd just be honest. They'd be like, I don't know yet, actually. I'm not sure, but I'm going to look it up for you. And that's one thing they committed to is we will get you that answer if they didn't know the, the material. But the preparedness of the, um, the material itself, I feel like uh, Full Stack Academy could have done a better job of changing the content and preparing the instructors to be able to handle that. Um, and then, but overall, I felt like they did a really good job of pairing me with the right people. They accepted feedback of who I preferred to be paired with, and that made my experience a lot better. Because uh, if you're paired with someone that you enjoy coding with, you're going to be more susceptible to actually being open to their feedback and learning with them and, uh, you know, just not trying to take control of the situation or just giving up on the situation on the other end. You know, it's just a very good synchronous uh, uh, flow when you're going to that workshop, when you're working with someone that you enjoy working with. So they did a good job with that. Um, and then I graduated. I was really nervous that I wouldn't pass those last tests, but I felt like overall the first half they really prepared me well. Um, I, I was very proud of that. And then the second half is when I realized I was a little wrong with that. I thought they prepared me well, but I was extremely lacking with data structures and algorithms. I feel like Full Stack Academy does a, and I know I'm just like coming at, I, I'm not trying to uh, just like yeah, give good. you all. Okay. So they, uh, 
with the Reacto problems, I was probably, I, I don't think this was just perception. I honestly think I was one of the worst students with understanding those problems. And I feel like that's not something they tested on uh, very well. Um, and I, I feel, I hope, I really hope that's something that they, they look for a little bit more now to make sure that you're prepared because I struggled. I hated those mornings because um, I was already investing all this time into trying to build my project up and reinforce what I just learned. And now these data structure and algorithm challenges, now I'm, um, you know, I, I felt like um, I kind of like hit a plateau of learning with them because I didn't know enough to start with. And then I started getting lost as the challenges started getting harder. And I felt like they, they very much dropped the ball with me on that one. Um, on the flip side, I should have emphasized more, and that's really more communication on my part, that I, I was very much struggling with this. But I feel like Full Stack Academy did a very poor job of assessing whether you were ready for the Reacto problems or not. Um, and then okay. as, far, as far as the project work, uh, they, uh, I love the project work. I thought that went really well. I love the projects that we produced. And when I started working on the projects, it gave me confidence again that I could build things that, that mattered and that impacted people uh, and impacted users. And I, I started to gain confidence in like the, the actual JavaScript that I learned um, in, in the libraries that I picked up. I could put them all together and I could piece together a program, which is the most important part for me. Um, I thought that went really well. Uh, overall, everything was inclusive. They they really filter out a lot of people that, uh, you know, quite frankly, not a lot of people want to code with. I think there are some behavioral traits that you have to work on sometimes before you get into a coding boot camp like this. And I felt like everyone was very kind. Like everyone, you know, had their own quirks, but they were very kind and inclusive and everyone kind of just wanted to get through the program together. And that support was tremendous in like really shaping the experience with full stack academy but i felt like um yeah i felt like got to the the program um i built projects i built a project that well we built a project we were very proud of with a capstone project the other two i had to scrap unfortunately because i didn't get them done and they weren't uh i wasn't able to showcase them um but either way i had other projects i was working on. i was working on a personal project as well on the side um, but then afterwards, career success went really well. Um, a lot of support with that. I had a bad experience at first. That got resolved very quickly um, because the entire class didn't like who we were working with. And so they, they chose someone else for us. Um, but the, like, the job support was really good at the end. So overall, I feel like I learned like it was worth the 16000 or whatever I paid for it curriculum was really good overall i had some quirks on how that was taught and delivered but i i do think it was early stages of like figuring out how chicago campus was going to deliver the material um and I, the career success was really good i got a job within a month and a half uh after the boot camp so you know it you know the boot camp did its job right i went to the boot camp to get a developer job and it delivered so it's very very happy uh that's why i still recommend full stack to this day because it, it showed results it showed on execution, and I, I, I love that about it. So that's my experience, uh, as well as my constructive feedback. Does that help you? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I think I have a couple answers now. Cool. Cool. So uh, do, you, do you just want to dive into them, or do you want me to ask you the questions? Um, would it be easier? I'd probably be easier for you to ask it. Okay, for, sure. In terms so of like editing. 
Okay. Uh, what about, uh, so like, what's your constructive feedback for the curriculum? Yeah. Um, so I obviously had a very overwhelmingly positive experience mm -hmm. with full second general, but I feel like I shared the same concern that a lot of people tend to have where your time on a campus feels very much like uh, you're drinking from the higher fire hose, per se, mm -hmm. where you have a lot of heavy content being thrown after you one after the other. And there's not a lot of downtime in between sessions where, um, you know, one day you're going to be learning React and then right after you're done learning React, they're going to they're going to toss you straight into Redux or straight into the next concept. Um, that can be a little difficult to sort of handle because yeah. they're very big concepts. And when you're trying to pick up each one at, at, as effectively as you can, if you don't spend that extra time sort of solidifying your understanding afterwards, it can be really difficult. Um, so I feel like that's one thing that luckily the part-time program sort of helps alleviate a bit because yeah. with the part-time program, you're still getting the same amount of campus and you're still spending the same amount of time or you're getting the same amount of content and you're spending the same amount of time on campus. But the difference is you have these breaks in between where you're learning React over twice twice the number of calendar days that you would be otherwise. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really nice to be able to see and nice to be able to have. But uh, it very much feels like once you get to senior phase, it feels like there's definitely big holes in your understanding where you might be really good with React, but maybe you're not as naturally good with working with backend libraries. So you have some patches to sort of close up there. And the really nice thing about being able to do a lot of group work after the academic portion of full stack is you very much get to draw on the knowledge of your other classmates to figure out what those misunderstandings are. There's a lot of opportunities where you can pair a program with someone while working on the back end of the application who has a very strong understanding of how to model the database or how to work with SQLize in general, what like SQLize magic methods are and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and that was definitely something that I benefit from where, you know, after graduating from the junior phase of the program, I had no idea how to navigate async await. I just, it was just a word that existed in the mm -hmm. JavaScript or in the JavaScript curriculum that I never understood. And then once I got the chance to see another developer sort of use that in the context of an application I was creating, it really clicked for me. It put a lot of things into context and it gave me that chance to, you know, create bugs, slip up, make weird decisions in the process of creating an application in a very safe academic environment where I could then turn around and, you know, ask a teacher, hey, if I did this thing here and it feels very weird and unsafe. Is this what I was supposed to do or is there a better way to approach this? Um, so yeah, I feel like the curriculum is a lot to take in and, you know, there might be some more understandings to discover around how to better distribute that or how to better figure that process out. But thankfully, they give you a lot of time and a lot of comfortability where you can create bugs and you can mess up while still in a safe environment. So mm -hmm. once you get into the job search or once you're into a production environment, you have the answers to some of those weird questions that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the fire hose analogy is uh, one that's often shared uh, with a lot of mm -hmm. camp graduates. Uh, what, so my last question really was like, what is your constructive criticism towards the instructors and how they taught? Yeah. Um, I think going back to that same idea of, you know, 
everything's sort of coming at you like a fire hose, you really need to go out of your way to figure out what your fallacies are with an application or what your fallacies are in JavaScript itself, because ultimately they have, you know, 15, 30 students to watch and go through every day. They're not going to pick up every single mistake that you make. So you have to find this sort of workflow with the teachers where you can say, hey, this is something weird that's happening for me and communicate that to them so that way they can help you out the best way they can. Um, and so that that's good encouragement so for, for students kind of taking that initiative. But what could, I don't know, what do you think instructors could do to facilitate that and encourage that a little bit more? Yeah, I think one way they can sort of figure that out is... Um, is find some places in the curriculum where, um, you know, sort of start logging where those misunderstandings have. So like, hey, if students commonly have this question here, maybe this is a point where we need to be a little more flexible with our curriculum and patch this up. Um, or say one um, common uh, complaint I hear about the curriculum is uh, right after learning Redux, you sort of learn React Redux and there's this sort of whiplashy nature to that where you just got comfortable with this one library and now you're learning the next library to replace it. So what might be useful is maybe have um, some consistency in what you're learning so that, hey, one day I'm learning this part of an application and next day instead of learning what would replace it, I'm learning something supplemental to that. So as opposed to you know going back and forth between different technologies, I'm building up this education over time. Or I'm building up this ability over time. Okay. All right. So the organization of what you're learning, what libraries to pick up need to sync well. They need to, one needs to kind of lead into the other very well. Um, and yeah. you're saying you can kind of figure out how to do that well by analyzing just like feedback and data that you're getting about the curriculum. Yeah. Cause I think that feed that very much feeds into the, the fire hosey feeling that I was talking about earlier where, um, you know, they do a very good job of giving you exactly what you need to go into the job market. And they do a very good job of helping you get prepared and give you the tools you need to get prepared. Um, but there's also an element that's specific to each person where, hey, I might not be great with uh, picking up or I might not have the mindset of, that allows me to pick up front-end libraries as quickly as most other people. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have that, I need to figure out what the workflow would be like to get support where I need it or what I sort of need to do in order to pick up where I left off. Okay. All right. No, that I think uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, that that's really on both sides. That's that's the instructor figuring out how to encourage that and and uh, setting up a pipeline so that can happen. Uh, but also the yeah. student really speaking up. It's like you know a lot of too many students will keep things to themselves and they will. Uh, that you know they'll kind of go through the program and fall a little bit behind without saying a word and that that does fall on the student the student like i needed to speak up sooner um i i did but i needed to be more clear uh because it was kind of like eh, kind of struggling on this and uh i should have been more clear about how concerned i was and at what level i really thought i was um but yeah i agree a student does yeah. need to speak up for that to even initiate sometimes uh, but sometimes like yeah. good assessments will will spot that out too. And so that was my constructive feedback with the assessments that were done at the first half of the curriculum. Um, either way, cool. I really uh, I really kind of just wanted to talk through it. Uh, sorry, did you have a final thought to that? Yeah, no, I'm 
yeah, it, it's definitely an incredibly hard problem to solve because it's not the kind of thing that you can just inject some something into the curriculum and just have it solved instantly. It's it's a mm-hmm. sort of dance you have to do with students to figure out, yeah. okay, what what do I expect them to know and what do I expect them not to know at this point? How can I sort of do my best to create this this dynamic solution for each student? Um, but it's, it's something you sort of have to work at, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. I know those were really random kind of on-the-spot questions, so I appreciate you humoring me and answering those. Um, I think you gave really good answers for that. Uh, ben, yeah, I just want to... Thank you. Yeah, um, you know, when, before we had this interview, I completely forgot, you've told me multiple times, you're an instructor at Full Stack. <laughs> so I think the conversation kind of flowed um, a little bit, kind of flowed back and forth between you being a student and you being an instructor, and I thought that created an interesting perspective or multiple perspectives. So really appreciate that but uh ben it was it was a pleasure having you on it's uh it's really cool to get your opinion about all this yeah thank you so much for having me it was really fun being here and as always love talking to you (laughs) uh all right so yeah stick around after this but uh for anyone uh anyone that's still listening uh thanks for for listening we're going to be doing more like boot camp review type podcasts and episodes uh the goal really is to give you an unfiltered an honest review of, of different programs before you throw your hard-earned money and time into it. So uh, I want to continue making this very somewhat a little bit challenging for a lot of people that are coming on because I, I want the honest, full truth of their experience. And uh, if you find value in this type of review, uh, we're going to be coming out with more episodes like this. So go ahead and subscribe. And if you have any questions or you want to reach out to me, um, that'll be in the notes. So thanks, everyone, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank <laughs> you.